Welcome to Reveal Community Church. Be sure to follow us on Instagram and Facebook to get the latest updates. Now enjoy this message as we discover what it means to really live. Praise God. Good morning, everybody. I've got some things I want to share with you this morning, but... I just feel like the Lord told me to, to share something with you, um, and it kind of fits with where we've just been. So I want to talk to you today about dreams and vision. And, you know, I don't want to get all woohoo up here someplace, but I want you to understand that God speaks to us sometimes through dreams and visions. Amen? Amen? And I want to share with you today what this word vision means. But before we get there, I want to, I want to share something with you um, that just happened to me last night. I sometimes, my wife can testify of this, I, uh, ever since I was a little kid, have nightmares. And when I have a nightmare, I'm usually kicking her in the middle of the night or, you know, something like that. And she wakes me up. Um, I had three last night, and they were all the, pretty much the same, and it was interesting because the first one, I was driving, and it was this, it was kind of a weird little, it was like a smart car, you guys all know with that little tiny car, I'm like, why am I in this little car, I hate those little cars, sorry, but you know, for me, it's like I want a Dodge Charger with a Hellcat engine in it, that's the kind of car I want to be driving in my dreams, and I'm in a smart car. And so I'm driving along in this, yeah, this little tiny, and I'm like, you know, and all at once out in the road jumps this huge, you can't hit that thing, and I, and I, in the front of a smart car. And I'm like, I can't hit that thing, and I, and I remember waking up, because she woke me. And so I went back to sleep, and pretty soon I'm in, I'm in another kind of car, and it was still this little dinky car, and I'm driving along, and I go around this curve, and a, a tiger jumps out in front of me. And I remember kicking her, and she woke me up again. And then the third time, I was on a bicycle. And I come around a corner, and there's a huge tiger. And that was right before um, my alarm went off. So every time I got woke up out of this thing and never saw any more than that. But I believe that what God was saying to me is that the devil is coming against you with fear. And I'm just going to share something and be real transparent with all of you because one of my, and I'm, I'm just going to say it, greatest fears that I battle with is that I don't belong up here. I know, it's a lie from the pit of hell. But when I stop and try to do things in my own strength and not depend upon him, that's when that fear comes about. Because I don't have the ability. You, you guys, if you knew me personally, as some of you in here have known me for a long time, this is not a natural thing for me to stand up here and do this. You know, I'm the guy that would rather sit in the back of the room. I, I, for many years, 
sat over on this and played. I was a worship leader, you know, but I never spoke and got the word of God. And now here's the word that, that is a difficult one for me. I never led. I was always in this leadership group, but I wasn't the one in charge. I wasn't the leader. But can I tell you what God spoke to me this year is my word for 2020 is lead. The thing that I fear the most, that is a challenge for me personally, is what God said that he wants to focus on in my life this year. And I have three dreams about a fear standing in front of me and obstructing me. Now, I'm telling you that today because I know each one of us in here has things in our life that we fear. Come on. And the enemy uses against us. And God wants to move us past the place we're living. He wants us to move past where we're at right now. You know, those dreams, it was no accident that this thing stood right in my path and I couldn't get past it. The devil wants to stop you. Come on. You know, there's something really unique about this body of believers. But there's something really unique about every person who knows Jesus in their life. And the enemy wants to put an obstruction in front of you so that you cannot... And Connor shared this this morning, really live. So you can't live above in everything God has for you. He wants to stop you, obstruct you, put something in your way that you see is impossible to get past. Now, if I was really honest with you and and talked about other things in my life, because I've got them too, there are other things in my life that I have carried my whole life that stopped me from looking forward and past those things. And the enemy will use them against us over and over and over and over and over. He will play it in your head. And do you know why he plays that in your head? Because he wants you to let go of what God says and focus your attention on your own weaknesses on your own inability, on your own lack. Come on. God wants us to move forward, to not stay in the same place. I want to share with you this morning, if you would all turn with me to Mark 2, verse 1. Mark 2, verse 1. Jesus. You know, before I read this, I've... I'm going to share just a couple other quick things with you. This has been a, a, not an easy thing for me to come past. 
But God began to speak some things to me about all of you. And this body of believers. And they're way bigger than my mind can comprehend. They're way bigger than what this little building would show you. They're way bigger than this small group of people sitting here today. And why is that? Because God wants to do something for all the people out here. He wants them to know who he is. The people of this world have a misconception of who God is. You know, the Bible says that Jesus came that the love of God might be revealed. That we might know who Jesus and who God the Father really are. He wants everybody out there to know, but it starts with us. So, some of the things that I could share with you today is I have seen a building that's huge. And I don't think this is wrong to say this, but we drive by it um, when we come to church. It's right up here in the corner now. U-Haul has it. Used to be a Coca-Cola plant. I've seen inside of there a sanctuary. And I've seen inside of there at the other end, a youth center. I've seen a gym with hundreds of teenagers there. I've seen showers and places for homeless people to come in and get cleaned up and get fed and get ministered to. I've seen a place where where single moms have a safe place to live and be. And here's the amazing thing is I've seen a lot of you working there. Some of you have heard me share this story, but I'm going to share it again today. Because it's this word vision. It's not the vision, but it's a vision. We've been in this building two years. Just a little over two years now. And this was probably in October of the year before we got this building. And if all of you that are here today don't know this, this church met the very first time in a caribou coffee. Twelve people. Then we moved from house to house, from community center to community center, until we finally found a church in town that would let us meet at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And we had church at 2 o'clock in the afternoon for six months. And during that time, we were praying and seeking God for what he wanted because God was bringing this group of people together that he had something to do in us and through us. And one day, I, if all of you again don't know this, I work a full-time job and pastor too, um, but I was working that day and I left to go have lunch and um, I would, went out to, I don't know, shop for something and I walked into a building down um, on Jordan Creek. It's called Nordstrom's Rack, if any of you have been in there. And I walked in, and immediately when I walked in the door, it was like I saw this picture. 
Now, I can't describe it any differently to you than that, but it wasn't like, you know, I saw this in front of my eyes, but it was like something opened up, and I saw this picture. And I saw this picture of this building, and if you guys all look up, it looked like this. It looked like an open, dark ceiling with um, heating ducts and lights hanging down. And we had no building. And God spoke to me in that moment and said, I'm going to give you a building that looks like this. And that's what Nordstrom Rack looked like, like this. But here's, I'm not sharing that because, you know, we're in this physical building. What I saw, though, inside the building, I saw Stephen. And I saw Brendan. And I saw Brian. And I saw Connor. And I saw others in this group of people that were there, and they were ministering to others. They were giving of themselves the love of Jesus. That was the amazing part of the picture. You know, this is going to sound funny, but it was like the end of, of you know, The Wizard of Oz. Dorothy goes, I saw you, and I saw you, and I saw you. You know, that's what it was like. Now, I want you to get this, that this happened in 15 seconds. Seriously, I'm standing there, and, you know, it would have been weird if I'm standing there three or four minutes and people go, are you okay, mister? Or, you know, but it, it just happened that fast. And, and, I, and I realized at that point I was crying standing in the middle of Nordstrom's rack because God had shown me a picture of what was to come. That's the same type of thing that I'm telling you. God has shown me ahead farther. God did a miracle to get us into this building. And there's a miracle that happened... <laughs> even for us to continue to be in this building. And we're going to share more in, in coming weeks and months about what God has ahead for us. But we're in this building right now committed through the end of June. And in Waukee right now, um, it's a really high price to rent space. And landlords don't give you um, a easy extension if you say, I want to stay for an extra six months. That's what we asked. We actually asked for three months to start with and then extended it to six. And the landlord, um, our representative, came back after they talked to the landlord and said, you know, and I don't want you to hear the words. He said, um, I just have to tell you, this is a miracle. This guy's a non-believer. And he spoke it out of his mouth and said, this is a miracle because they didn't ask for anything extra to extend you six months. Your lease says that we could charge you 50% premium every month. And most places in town would not extend for six months. They want three to five years because Waukee's a hot place. He said, and I'll get the other word. He said, this was, they really had a lot of grace. Now, did you hear that? A non-believing guy that's our leasing representative said grace and miracle in the same sentence. God has done some things for this physical spot that we're in. But the greater thing is he's done some things in the people that are in this spot. Because I look around and I see changed people. Now that's not, okay, I'm standing up here because I'm, I'm this great. I'm not a great pastor. Come on. I, I, I'm not running myself down. I heard a story recently about a pastor who had a friend come visit him. And he was another pastor. And, he, and after the service, he he, he was puzzled because he said, this guy went on all these rabbit trails and, and it didn't really make any sense. It didn't tie together. And the people are like, this is great, pastor. And they all hugged him and, and they're like, this is amazing. And this guy is like really 
whoa, what? And so he said to his friend, I don't get it. He said, I don't mean to be critical. And he goes, oh, no, it's okay. I'm a terrible preacher. But he said, I love my people. And they love me. See, it's not just about me. I watch this every Sunday in this place. This, this body of believers is unusual. You know, Brenda and I are usually here till 2 o'clock every Sunday afternoon to lock the door up because we can't get people out. People want to stay because they, they want to be together. They love each other. You guys love each other. That's an amazing thing. God is doing an amazing thing right here. So I said all that because I want to share with you something from this story. And will you let me read from Mark? And I may share more of the things that God has shown me as we go forward here. But And again, he entered Capernaum after some days, and it was heard that he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. And then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. I'm going to stop there just a second, because I want to share this, this picture with you. So, they were having church, right? Jesus was there. Now, get this, it would be like here in Waukee, you know, word spreads that this isn't just a great guest speaker. It isn't the regular pastor that's going to bring the word today. This is Jesus himself. He's going to be there. You got to get there. So word spread all over town. And they got in this place and there was no room left in the building. I mean, they were crammed in. Have you guys ever been in a church service like that? I have, where you were in so tight that people were up against you like this. You know, this country, we don't see it as much, but you go overseas, and that's how church services are because people want to get where the Spirit of God is. So they, they were hungry for what Jesus could give to them. Not just the Word, but they were come expecting that whatever they had need of in their life, Jesus was able to do. They were coming expecting. The, the lines outside the door, it even says that here, that, that they couldn't even get close to the door because there were so many people around. So then, it goes on to say, four guys took their friend. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to, it doesn't say that in the word, but I'm going to say it that way because four guys picked up this dude that was a paralytic. That means his arms don't work and his legs don't work. Now, if you look back at the history of this story, I, I believe that this guy had been this way his entire life. So four guys that were his friends pick him up. Now, it doesn't tell us how far they carried him, but they picked him up on his bed and they carried his bed to the church. That's an amazing thing right there. But they get to church, and let me go on and read this, because they get there and there's no room for them. So let's, let's read on here. And when they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So when they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. 
Do you know these guys were so determined that they were going to get their friend to Jesus? This guy who didn't have the ability in himself, who was living someplace that he lost hope, didn't think anything would ever change. Come on. He was living in that place where this is who I am. This is the way it's going to be. I might as well just face it. I need to, to accept that this is the thing that life has given me. That's where he was at. But his friends got there and didn't see any way to get him in. So you know what they did? They tore off the roof. Come on. We look at it, oh, they uncovered the roof. No, they didn't uncover it. It's not like pulling back a blanket. They went up on the roof and they pulled the shingles and the, the wood and everything off so they could get this guy in. It would be like looking up here today and we see some, the roof open up and all at once something is lowered down right here, right in front of Jesus. These guys cared so much for their friend. The love in their hearts was so deep that they were not going to be held back. Now I want you to see what it says next. And when Jesus saw their faith, I'm going to say it again. When Jesus saw their faith, it was not the faith of the guy who was laying on the bed that needed something. It was the faith of the four guys that took it upon themselves to set their lives aside for that day and carry their friend and tear off a roof and get him to Jesus no matter what it cost. The love that they had in their life was so deep that it would not be held back. Now I want to go on and read the rest of this. And when Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. And some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, Why do you reason these things in your hearts? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, Your sins are forgiven, or to say, Rise, take up your bed and walk? But you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic. I'm going to pause there because it goes on and tells us what he said. But I want you to hear this, reading this story. Why Jesus said what he said. Because back in that time, when somebody struggled in their life, when somebody was born incomplete, was something that didn't work right, with an ailment, with a sickness, with a disease, with a part of their body that wasn't formed right, with any part that wasn't functioning the way it should, what they believed in that time was that there was something wrong on the inside of them. Do you know that? Can you believe that? That's what they believed, that he had some great sin inside of him that caused him to be the way he was. That this pain that was expressed on the outside of him, that he's, his limbs didn't work, it was because of what was going on inside. Now you guys, you all look at me like, oh yeah, that's terrible. 
Do you know there's a lot of people that believe that today? There's a lot of people. And let me tell you this. There's a lot of Christians who beat themselves up today because I did something wrong and I deserve the place I'm at. Come on. It's a truth. And if every one of us are honest, we've probably struggled with that thing because the enemy brings it against us. That you deserve what you're going through right now. Look at what you did last week. How dare you say that to your neighbor? Iva, you looked at him the wrong way. What's, you deserve the way you're feeling right now. Come on. That's what happens inside of us as people, and the enemy uses it against us. So Jesus was giving a point to show them that this was not about that he had done something wrong on the inside. So he forgave his sins first. And then he went on, the last part here, he says, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. And immediately the man rose, took up his bed, and went out in the presence of them all, so that they were all amazed and glorified God, saying, Now, here's the little part I want you to look at. If you guys are reading in your Bible, we never saw anything like this before. Can I paraphrase this for you? I ain't ever seen nothing like this before. I'm going to say that one more time. I ain't ever seen nothing like this before. Do you know that that is part of of the vision of this church? You're all looking at me like, whew. That is part of the vision of this church for people to walk in and say, I ain't ever seen nothing like this before. That is the part of the vision of us as believers walking on this earth for every day of our lives to be such a testimony that I don't know how that's happening to them. I don't know I don't know how, after the things that have happened to you, that you are walking in forgiveness and love. I don't know how that's possible. I ain't never seen nothing like that before. I don't know how, and I'm standing here as a testimony today, I don't know how, with what happened to your heart, that you're walking in perfect health today. I ain't never seen nothing like that before. And there's some of you in here today that you're in a place with your finances that the enemy is trying to tell you that you'll never get out of. But the Lord says, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory. He's your source. He's your supply. And when you walk out on the other side of that thing, you are going to be a declaration of, I ain't ever seen anything like that before. That is who we are. <laughs> when I first became a Christian, I did not want to be what was called a Jesus freak. I was, okay, so I'm really going to date myself here because some of you have watched the 70s show on TV. That was me. I was the guy with the hair parted down the center and, you know, over to the side and and come on. <laughs> and with my leisure suit on and my shoes that were this tall. And, 
I, I was a product of the 70s. And in the 70s, the people who were really radical for Jesus, that's what they were called as Jesus freaks. I did not want to be a Jesus freak. I want to just have my nice little life and let God in the places I wanted him in. But something has radically changed in my life as I've walked with him. And I can't hold back where he gets in. He wants total access to every part of my life. And the same with all of you. He wants total access to every part of your life. It's not that he, he wants to control you. He wants to bless you. He wants to blow your socks off with how good he is. And the enemy is trying to lie to you and say, this thing is not true. That my situation and what I see right now is the truth I'm living in and it ain't ever going to change. But God says and declares to you today that when you walk through this thing, people are going to look at you and say, I ain't ever seen anything like that before. That's your right. That's your privilege. Come on. You have a right and a privilege as a son of the Most High God. Oh, Lord Jesus. I wanted to teach you today about vision. <laughs> because this word vision is to see past where you're living. Now, can I teach you just for a second about this? And then, we're going to just let God minister in this place today. But if you want to write this scripture down, it is Proverbs 29, 18. Without a vision, my people perish. Do you know without grabbing a hold of something that is out in front of us, we lose the motivation to get up every day and to move forward. We do. My grandfather was a, a farmer all of his life. And he retired when he was in his late 50s and moved to town so my uncle could take over the farm. But every day, and I didn't understand this when I was a kid, every day at 5.30... They, my grandparents lived just, I could see their house from ours. And I could hear his car start at 5.30 in the morning. He got in the car and he drove to the farm. Every day. Every day. Because he had a purpose. It was who he was and he had something to do. There was something in front of him. And my grandfather struggled with Parkinson's. And when he got to the place he couldn't go to the farm anymore, his life went like this, and he died very quickly. That is the story of our life. When we let go of what's ahead, the Bible says we perish. We lose motivation. We die. Something dies inside of us. Now, this word vision 
There's a Hebrew word that is kazon. And I'm not going to teach deep today because it's already afternoon and I, I don't want to keep you guys a long time today. But the word is used in a very familiar scripture. I know the plans I have for you, says the Lord. I know the vision I have for you, says the Lord. Plans of a future and a hope. Plans of good and not of evil. Now this verse is, is an amazing verse. I could preach the whole message today on this verse because it's, it's so, so life-giving. But there's a word at the very beginning of it that's no. That word no is translated other places as reveal. It's not just that God knows it and he doesn't want to tell you. That word means to reveal, to expose, to uncover, to let you see it plainly. Do you know God wants to show you what's ahead? Not just for us as this body of believers, but each one individually. He wants you to see what's ahead. So you can grab a hold of it, apply your hope to it, connect your faith to it like those four guys bringing that guy in and lowering his bed. Now, real quickly, where does vision come from? You know, is, is vision your plan? Come on. Is it a dream you have in the middle of the night that did you get in your mind and you think, I'm just going to attach my... You know, God does give us dreams. I shared that today. But the Bible says in Joel, let me read this to you. In Joel, it says... It shall come to pass that I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. Your young men shall see visions. The vision came about by the Spirit of God. It's not your plan. It's not your goal. Do you know dreams, there's a, there's a lot of things I could talk, stand up here and talk about today about dreams I'd looked for this at home today just so you, you all could see this but Brenda and I went on a dream vacation a couple years ago and I have this book it's a three ring binder that's this big that is about this thick and as we dreamed about this trip that we were going to take to Ireland I began to research and this is who I am and I made a plan and an itinerary for, for all, every day that we were there. You know, it got so extreme that one night we stayed at this, at this resort on the beach and at 7.45 we were supposed to take a walk on the beach. And at 12 o'clock the next day we were supposed to be at a castle and we were gonna eat lunch at that castle. You know, I had it down to the times. I had researched it, I had put it all together. It was my plan. It was my dream. And it came about. It was something physical that I could achieve. 
There are other people in this world that have had amazing dreams. I, I don't know if this was in 1954. Keegan might know this more than I do. There was a guy named Roger Bannister who had a dream. And Roger Bannister was a runner. He was a miler. And before that time in history, nobody had ever broke a four-minute mile. And Roger Bannister trained and trained and trained and put that in front of himself and over and over and over reached for that goal until one rainy, cold day, the kind of day that nobody ever runs their best, he broke the four-minute mile. The amazing thing is that following that, within 60 days, another guy broke his record. And another guy broke that record. And another guy broke that record. It was like, all at once, it was achievable. Somebody's dream had been reached, and now everybody else could do it. Those things are right here. It's our physical ability, our mind, to apply ourselves. That is not vision. Vision is to get something from the Spirit of God that only He can tell you. And now get the rest of this that is totally impossible for you to do. Vision is not something that you can sit here today and I can say, Stephen, I have a vision. I want you to go out and clean the parking lot and make it look beautiful for us. That's my vision. That doesn't mean the same thing. That's like, okay, Pastor Larry, you want me to do that, right? Vision is something from God that only you can hear. Only you. Only you. Vision is something that God wants to put inside your heart so that you will reach for it, stretch for it, apply your faith to it so he can do something in your life. I'm going to continue teaching on this next week because I don't want to keep you long today. But there is a part of this thing, vision, that comes from you. You have to hear what he says and you have to grab a hold of it just like those four guys in that story did. They grabbed a hold of something and they applied themselves and got their friend to the place where God could meet, meet him, minister to him. I want to share just one last thing with you and why I will close up here. See, vision gives you hope. Vision gives you expectation. There's a little tiny word I can add right at the beginning of this. When God gives you a vision, he always gives you provision. Vision is where you're going. Provision is how you get there. Jeffrey, I don't know why every time I've looked at you today, I feel like I need to speak this to you. That God says, I see where you're at. I know what you're struggling with. 
And I have a plan to get you through. He said, don't do this in your own strength. I don't know you, Jeffrey. You know, we've met a few times. But God says, you know better. God said to tell you that you know how to apply your faith to the place you're living. You know how to step past this place and grab a hold of what God has ahead for you. Now, I, I'm, again, I don't know you two very well, but God said to tell you that he brought you here. You didn't come here by accident. You didn't come here because you saw a good plan and you want to make it happen. You know, every opportunity that we have starts out as an obstacle. That's not why you came. You came because God directed you. And when God directs you, he makes a way for you to achieve the thing he brought you here for. So he says, don't let go. Don't give up. Now, I don't know what that all means to you guys today, but I want to pray with you before we leave, you leave today. Because God says, don't give up. There's something he wants to do that when it's done, people are going to look at you and say, I ain't never seen anything like this before. But you're in the heat right now. You're in the place where I can't see a way clear from this thing. But God does. And his vision for you will show you past. It might be one step, but it'll show you past. So can we pray with you guys before you leave? There's some others in here. That's why I wanted to stop. I should have stopped a few minutes ago. Because I believe God wants to minister some things today. He doesn't want you walking out of here. And this is the word that we heard all through the service today with fear. He has something past where you're at. He has a vision for where you're living today. There's a scripture in 2 Chronicles that says, If my people will humble themselves and pray, I will hear from heaven and I will heal their land. That's not talking about all around here. That's talking about where you live. That's talking about where you're living today. God wants to heal. God wants to bring wholeness, restoration. He wants to give you hope. just a minute guys because if I could ask this just everybody um, just close your eyes and, and begin to pray would you because I, I believe the Holy Spirit wants to minister, minister some people today
we just come before you today. <laughs> we recognize we're not sufficient to do anything of ourselves. That we're nothing without you. That we're here, we live and move and breathe by your spirit within us. That very breath that's inside of us is because of you. And Jesus, we know you're good. We know you're good. And this place that seems so impossible for us to get out of, Lord Jesus, we know that that's not your plan. So Holy Spirit, I ask that you would speak to people. This is a unique thing to each one of them, that you know the answer to the place that they are living. You know how to minister life in the very place, Lord Jesus, that is limiting, that's holding them back. So Holy Spirit, I just ask you to speak. Give them vision. Give them vision for what's ahead, what you have for them. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to do something just a little different if I could. Is Jeff and Karen, could you come up and... Brennan and Kayla, could you pass off William to Brenda and would you guys come up to <sighs> Craig and Angel, if you'd make yourselves available too and just kind of watch what God does here. And, but... I asked these two to come up because there's some young people here today that God wants you to hear that he's got a plan beyond where you're living. That he knows the plans he has for you. I don't want to take this time right now before we even dismiss that if God's ministering something to your heart that he wants to do something in you and give you a fresh thing inside to grab a hold of and to look forward to. I want you to come up here and I want to ask Bernie and Kayla to play, pray with you. I'm just going to ask Hannah to keep playing. And we're just going to take a couple minutes. You know, church doesn't have to be rush in and rush out. That's the part of this that's the amazing thing. I ain't never seen it like this before. Because we get to minister to each other. It's not me. It's we get to minister to each other. Now, I spoke that to the young people, but I know there are some others in here too. And there are physical things that are limiting you today. And those physical things that are limiting you are not from God. And he says, I see past. I have a vision I see you as healed and restored and completely whole. That's how he sees you. So if that's you today, I want you to get up here and I want us to pray. Come on. Be bold. <laughs> that's what Brenda said is be bold. Because I can go out there and I can grab some of you and I can bring you right up here. Because <laughs> I see some things. 
I see some things that God wants to do in your lives. So I'm going to step aside and I'm going to pray. I'm going to ask you all to stand up because maybe this will be easier this way. wants to do something and show you what's ahead. Let's pray. Father, I pray a blessing on these people. I pray your life just floods them, Lord Jesus. That they aren't able to get away from your goodness, Lord Jesus. That it permeates every area of, of their lives, Lord Jesus. And they begin to see past. They begin to see just a glimpse of what you have for them. How you see them. How you imagine. Jesus. Just work. You're the God of miracles. So we ask that you just work. Bless them. And go with them in Jesus' name.